Can you imagine sitting in the pub chatting with your mates only to be interrupted by ads? Well, unfortunately, that does happen here at the Homebrew Pub because we're just trying to keep the lights on. However, if you would like to support us directly and get access to ad-free episodes of the Homebrew Pub, please head on over to our Patreon. You can find a link to that on our website, thehomebrewpub.com, and join our mug club. Again, our website, thehomebrewpub.com. I'll see you in the pub after the next couple of ads. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Homebrew Pub, the only pub in existence where every beer on tap is made by a homebrewer. And on this ethereal plane, the Homebrew Pub will turn into the guest brewer's perfect brew pub. So please come in, grab a stool, and grab a pint. This week, we welcome a new guest brewer to the brew pub. It is Nick from Collegeville, Pennsylvania. How you doing, Nick? I'm great. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for reaching out to uh, come and hang out with me at the Homebrew Pub. Yeah, this is cool. Um, it's a neat concept, a different, you know, different format for a podcast, you know, for most homebrewing podcasts. So I thought it would be cool, and uh, you're telling stories of guys that, that brew, guys and girls that brew, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, because there's a lot of women in the, in the hobby now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I mean, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Cool. No, thank you. And um, so when you emailed me, there's one thing when we, we spoke about kind of what we would talk about of like the, the good and the bad of homebrewing. But the first thing I want to pick up on is you said you experiment with yeast in space. Yes. Yeah. So, and that just sounds so crazy that I just want to like just lead with that right now. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm a I'm a high school teacher. I teach uh, high school geography, and um, and uh, I have a you know bunch of science teacher friends. And one of my science teachers, he's a Na- uh, NASA ambassador. So he does all kinds of things with his students in his science class, uh, you know, for space and NASA. And and they've sent seeds up into space, you know, on like payloads to the space station and things like mm-hmm. that. So. Anyway, he got hooked up with uh, with a guy actually out in Colorado, not far from you, mm-hmm. uh, through the National Industrial Defense Fund, something like that. It has to do with funding science experiments mm-hmm. with with high school youth, and um, he sends payloads up on weather balloons that uh, exit the atmosphere. Yeah, so they get up to about a hundred thousand feet high, um, so they're actually in space. So uh, my friend Dan uh, was telling me about this. You know, he's got this box, and and his, his students are are putting things in it and they're, they're going to do these experiments. And uh, he was saying how he had some extra room in it. And I was like, can I throw in some like ingredients for beer? Like to see like what happens, like if we send it to space and then brew beer with it. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, he's like, well, you know, you can't put a lot. He's like, I don't have a lot of room. So we were going back and forth. So I was like, what about yeast? It's 11 grams, right? Like I can put 11 grams in there. And he's like, oh, it's perfect. Um, so it had to be dry yeast because a, a, a liquid packet would have exploded yeah. and the pressure just would have caused it to, to explode. So yeah, we put, um, we put a package of, uh, of Nottingham ale yeast in there mm-hmm. and, um, sent it up, sent it to space. And then we kept one here on earth and, um, you know, that, that it went a hundred thousand feet high. His GoPro got some awesome pictures uh, of it exiting the atmosphere <laughs> Uh, and then they have guys that chase it down and get it and send it back. And, you know, so we got a student experiments back and we got the yeast back. And then uh, I brewed two batches of beer, did a, um, a British golden ale. Mm-hmm. I really wanted the yeast to kind of come through and a uh, real nice light beer. And I uh, did two batches of that. 
um, one with the control and one with the, the, the beer that went to space. And then we did it. We did a tasting with my uh, my homebrew club. Yeah. Uh, so they knew, they kind of knew it wasn't completely blind. Like they knew what I had done, right? Because we had talked about it. Um, but but they served. They each had you know tried each one. When I tried them, I thought there would be no difference. I'm like, this is, you know, what what could really happen, right? Like, what's really going to happen? Because how how long um, was it up there for? It was uh, so it was out of the atmosphere, probably a total of about five minutes. Okay, it was in space, maybe five six minutes. Um, yeah, that, with terminal gravity, because once it gets to that, you know, that high point, mm-hmm. then the balloon bursts and it falls back to back to space. But it was it was in space for about a good five six minutes. So about as long as what uh, Bezos trip and all those guys <laughs> that went up there. very similar, right? Yeah, just a lot um, less money. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely, a lot less money, right? Yeah, so uh, we so we we did the tasting, and I like I, I didn't I didn't expect anything to happen. Like like what's really gonna be different? Um, but I think there were like nineteen people that tasted it, and like eighteen out of nineteen said, "Oh yeah, that they're totally different." That's crazy. And I was like, "No way!" I, I mean, you know, I I don't I've been drinking beer and, and brewing beer for a while now, but I still don't have like a judge's palate. Yeah, you know. So like after they started explaining some things to me, I'm like, okay, maybe I can pick up on that, but. I still don't really think there was that big of a difference, but but there was. Yeah, apparently that's crazy. Um, I also love that your friend was like, "Yeah, I don't know if we should send things up into space with my high schooler's experiments because of because of room and right. not high school." So right, well, well, yeah, well, actually, so he was he was hesitant, and he's like, "We we we've got to." He's like, "We've got to get permission." Like, I I gotta I gotta ask the mission commander like if this is okay. Yeah, and tell him what you're gonna do because he's like, you know, I don't want if you know. If he finds out about it, I don't want him to get you know get upset that we did this. Mm-hmm. And he's a craft beer fan. He's like, no, that's awesome. He's like, you just got to send me some. Yeah. So I, I sent him a couple <laughs> bottles and, and we talked about it. And he thought it was great. So, that's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. what 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 were some of the differences? I mean, what what flavors were you going for with the original Golden Ale, and then what, at least to your homebrew club, was the difference between the two? Uh, so I, I was just going for something that was real light, you know, real light, maybe slightly fruity, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a real nice, just kind of blonde ale, you know, with some some English hop. We use, I use Challenger hops, obviously, because you know space, right? We had to use something. You got to use space theme, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so just something really light and fruity, and and just easily drinkable. And I, I think I got that. I mean, the, the beer. I think the beer turned out pretty well. Everybody agreed. Um, but they 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 noticed some in the in the um, the space yeast notice some stress fermentation flavors so yeah. maybe a little bit of fusilli you know a little more green apple that kind of stuff and you know and some of the guys that are in my homebrew club work for like big pharma companies and mm. they're like they they play with yeast as part of their job right like the, in developing and drugs and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so you know they're judges and they they're so totally into the hobby so like they're talking about oh yeah you know the uh, the change in pressure and the the gamma rays and all this and i'm just like <laughs> okay history history teacher social studies teacher now <laughs> what happened like oh well the, some of these probably died going into space and there just weren't as many of them so stress fermentation i'm like oh okay well that makes sense that makes sense yeah you yeah. did an incredible so, um, hulk with the gamma rays right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so we were joking about it like we'll have to see what happens after this actually so we did the tasting it like it, in the midst of the pandemic yeah like in 2020 and so we were joking about it i was like well if covid doesn't kill us maybe this thing will you know what i mean like, <laughs> one or the other but everybody's fine oh that's crazy i would have never yeah. like thought of well i don't know anyone who sends balloons up into space so i should probably make friends like that 
Yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool. And then, so we did it, we did it two other times too, with some other yeast strains. We did it with, uh, with a Kolsch, um, a Kolsch strain and, uh, and a Kvike Voss yeah. as well and set them up and did experiments. And, um, same thing, the Kolsch, everybody noticed the difference. Uh, the Kvike though, didn't, didn't have the same flavor. I don't know if it's cause it's, it's a little fruitier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's some, some things to mask, maybe what might be off flavors in that. Um, or maybe it's hardy, hardier. I don't know. We don't. Obviously, we're just yeah. You know, we're spitballing on yeah. We you know, just theories. We don't really we don't really know. But yeah, yeah. So it was fun. It's it's a it was a it's a neat thing and a, and a really cool. It was a really cool experiment. And, that is and, cool. Uh, yeah. Did you notice any difference between fermentation time? Then did the space one take longer to get going because theoretically there was less e cells in there. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Like I, I did take some pictures along the way and was like monitoring it, you know, just to kind of check for that. But they both, both started about the same amount of time, ended at the same gravity. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing seemed to be different in the mm-hmm. process on the way through. So yeah, it, um, pretty much the same, same result. And like to me, like I said, to me, they tasted the same. I really couldn't tell the difference, <laughs> to be honest. But when 18 out of 19 people tell you that they think something's different, yeah. you know, and you, again, you, you if, tend to believe them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah and it's funny because I mean I've had this conversation a hundred times that the other thing as well like I don't have a judge's palate I wish I did Um, but you and I drinking the exact same beer are going to taste different beers regardless and like unless there's something really obvious about the beer like you and I are going to pick out different things from it so it's interesting that you literally had 18 people tell you the same thing yeah, no, that, that that was that is true, and you know, and then, then there's an element of too, like, okay, so they they know something was different, mm-hmm. you know, did that lead them to believe that, oh yeah, they're different or or whatever? So we 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 tried to mess it up, you know, try to give some blind triangle tests along, make it as scientific air quotes <laughs> as possible, right? Yeah. When you're messing around, um, but you know, no, I, so yeah, I believe there probably was something different about it, but but I totally agree, you mm-hmm. you and me drinking this, drinking a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, right, at the yeah. same time we may pick up different things, Mm -hmm. even though it's probably pretty much the same. (laughs) Yeah. So when you're not sending yeast up into space, like how are you thinking about brewing like beers? Like what are the types you like to brew and how do you think about the creation of them? So I, I like to brew, I like to brew a lot of things. I I could tell you one thing I don't like to brew and, and I'm going to probably anger a lot of people when I say this, but New England IPA, (laughs) I just, it's, it's not my thing. Um, my, um, a lot of my buddies love to brew them and they always want me to brew them with them. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. No, I just can't, yeah. I can't do it. Uh, if I want an IPA, I want, you know, I want old school West coast IPA, mm-hmm. you know, I want, I, and I, I want my beer clear. So unless it's a Hefeweizen, but again, so anyway, that's what I don't <laughs> like to brew. And yeah, I know it's not, a, it's not a popular, but not a popular opinion, but that's what's where I am. Um, so like thinking about brewing, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm kind of like an ingredient guy. Like, I think that's kind of what I've developed into. And like the yeast thing is kind of like it kind of the way that I think about things. I, I like to think about like new ingredients, you know, um, like I was in the store today, a grocery store today, and I saw, um, this, uh, this sugar from, from Berks County out, out in, um, uh, out in Amish country. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, they used to make shoe fly pies. It's kind of like a molassesy sort of thing. I think it's called like Turkey sugar or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's the brand. Anyway. And I was thinking to myself, like, Hmm, I wonder what that would taste like if I use that in a beer. Yeah. Like how, how would that make like an English mild or would it make like a porter or something like that? So 
I've kind of come to the point in my brewing where where I'm kind of looking at those types of things. Like, what are some new things? So I've been brewing for about 12 years now. And, um, you know, when I first started, like a lot of other people, I, I did like kits and recipes that other people designed to like figure out, like, how do I do this thing? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, how do I how do I make how do I make beer? How does it not suck? And um, but as I kind of kind of got into it and learned things and, and figured out how things mixed together, I, I like I like to experiment with, with those types of things. So yeah. when I'm thinking about a recipe, um, uh, you know, sometimes it's based on an ingredient or, or sometimes it's on a beer, that, you know, to try to make the perfect kind of beer, the perfect example in my mind for my palate of, mm-hmm. of, of that style. Um, so I brew a lot of um, I brew a lot of lagers. I love I love German lagers. I love Helles. I love Pilsner, uh, and I drew I brew a lot of English beers. Yeah. Um, and I'm, one of the big reasons for that is because, to be honest, you can't really find too many of them anymore. You can't. Um, brewers aren't making them, which which I get. They don't sell, right? They don't. They're not New England IPA. They're not sexy. <laughs> they have a lot of hops in them. Um, but you know, like when I started brewing, you know, 12, 13 years ago, they. You know, you, you could still find them places. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we have a great brewery down the road from us called Sly Fox, uh, nice regional brewery, and they used to have a, a bitter on tap on the and they serve it on a hand pump. It's oh. called Chester County Bitter, mm-hmm. and it was just awesome. It was it was so good. It was as good as the ones that I've had when I visited the UK. You know, like it's it, it was great. And about five or six years ago, they they took it off. And now they only have it for special occasions, and it's because it, you know, it wasn't selling. People's, you know, taste change. Well, so, and if you're doing real cask, you've got to get that out in about three days. Otherwise, yeah, the beer just spoils. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I mean, they did a great job maintaining it, and you know, they had a great cellar guy there, and like you know, the beer was always good every time you had it. But same thing, right? Like if you're not turning it over, mm-hmm. why are we making it? And I think yeah. that's kind of where they got to. Um, so I'm like, well, okay, so there's no good, no good examples of these anymore. I want to make, you know, I want to make better. So, so I, I, you know, I tried to went through a bunch of different recipes, you know, started with like classic styles and then, you know, kind of drank some that I liked, you know, the ones I could get my hands on, you know, like London pride and, you know, some mm-hmm. of the Samuel Smiths and stuff like that. And then just kind of arrived at my own, you know, my own version of it. And then, you know, so, okay, so I like this beer. This is, this is the way it's going to be. So, yeah. um, I do that with a lot of my recipes, kind of go through it a couple of times to try to figure out what works for me and then and then and then kind of stick with that. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I always like to mess around with, with some new ingredients. I find something cool that might make a, you know, what, what would happen if we change this? I think that's a neat, a neat approach to brewing as well. Yeah, no, completely. I was going to ask with the sugar thing and, and brewing British ales, have you started using invert sugar in any of your recipes? Yeah, I actually have. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, that, that's one of the things that actually made a really big difference. And um, I, I actually read about it on um, on uh, Ron Patton's blog, Shut Up Barclay Perkins. Yeah, Shut Up Barclay. Yeah, I've got his book. It's a fantastic book. I, I, I do want to read that. It's, it's on the list. Um, I got to get it. But I, so I started, so I was like, I was making good beer. Like it was good, right? It was good, good English pale ale. And, um, and they were coming out really well, uh, good, bitter. But there was something that wasn't, it was just, I don't know, something was missing. Yep. So I, I was reading on his on his blog about how a lot of British beer brewers were using invert sugar and corn for pretty much most of the history of British beer. So I'm like, all right, well maybe I'll give that a try. So I, I made my own invert sugar because I can't I couldn't find it anywhere. At least that wasn't you know price prohibitive. Like yeah. I could have imported it or something, but like I wasn't going to pay for that. Um, so I made my own on the stove and uh, and used that for the for the color and dried it out a little bit. And like man, all of a sudden it was just like yes yeah. that that made a huge difference. 
Um, and I didn't expect it to. And, you know, cause I'm like, wait a minute. So we want something that has like more body cause it's a low alcohol beer, but we put sugar in it, <laughs> which is going to thin it out. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, but it just something about the flavors and how that, how it worked. And because it is a, a light, a light beer that, and also like serving temperature mm-hmm. made a huge difference. Like yeah. instead of, instead of putting them in the fridge at like 38 degrees, I started just putting them in the basement at like 55, yeah. like almost 60 sometimes. And drinking it at that temperature also made a huge difference as well. Yeah, you get a lot more of that malt flavor coming out of it at that temperature. Because I, I will confess, I I always have a British beer on tap and I serve it way too cold because the other beer that I'm serving needs to be that cold. So right. I'll pour it and I'll just like drink it over the course of like 20 minutes so it will like get that um get that body temperature up but you know in the uk you get down to 10 minute pints because they are so low abv and you're with your friends that you're just like who's around who's around who's around <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah right and, and that's and that's that's one of the things i love about them too is at, at british beers and even even a lot of lagers and stuff um you know they are low alcohol yeah and the lower alcohol anyway you know in that moderate range and um you know a lot of times you know, when I, when I was younger, when I was younger, um, you know, those high, those high ABV beers, you know, the seven, 8%, mm-hmm. you know, IPAs and things like that, they were awesome. But, you know, now I got kids and, you know, I can't, I want to, if I want to have three or four beers, I don't want to be like, okay. I, <laughs> A little woozy putting what, little, what, little kid to bed. Yeah. Right. You know, like, uh, you know, I don't want to want to fall asleep too early or, you know, am I going to have be able to wake up early tomorrow for soccer practice or dance or whatever, you know, so. I like the low alcohol beers where you can still, you know, hang out and, and have a few. But mm-hmm. the next day, I, I feel fine. So yeah, that's what I kind of gravitated gravitated to over the years. Um, you know, as I kind of went on this journey. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the you know I mean a few years ago, obviously the big thing everyone was brewing were the IPAs, the New England IPAs. I want to say you're the fourth or fifth person to come on. I actually I've only had one person defend New England IPAs. Uh, on, really? on yeah. <laughs> all right and um and i just think because i mean i really like them i've only ever made them once but it's just so funny like that's the flashpoint for everyone is like you draw the line at new england ipas um yeah. but the the fashion a few years ago is obviously the ipa but what i'm noticing being on like british and u.s beer twitter is over here everyone's now moving towards lagers with uh, the different ways we can actually lager now. Um, whereas in Britain, they're actually turning back to brewing milds, which I think is really exciting um, because obviously over there you got camera, which is the campaign for real ale. Um, but when I was going to pubs, when I first started going to pubs, all anyone was drinking was lagers. And it was always the European lagers and, and all of that, which are great in their own way. But like you none of us were really getting the old beers off the old um, beer engine and now when i go back to the uk that's all i want to drink and so i think it's great that over here lagers are getting more of a more of a look in and over there milds are finally coming back into into vogue well and i think it's kind of like i totally agree with you and it was funny like my wife my wife is uh, is irish she's got a ton of family in ireland northern ireland so we've been over there four or five times and um the first time we visited her family, we're, we're, we went to the liquor store to get beer. Like, what kind of beer do you want? And I was like, 
well, I'm like, I'd like something different, whatever. I'm like, well, what are you going to drink, Barry? And he's like, uh, he's like, I'm going to get Budweiser. I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> please tell me you mean you Budvar at least. <laughs> I'm like, come on. I'm like, you, you, Budweiser. I don't, well, yeah, it's, you know, a, a lot of people are, you know, this was, this was seven or eight years ago. So, yeah, a lot of people are drinking it now. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people like it, you know, because it's American. It's important. It's, it's it, you know, it was different at yeah. the time. Now, I don't know if there's if they're still doing that. And so then I jokingly said, I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll guess I'll get Stella. I'll get Stella Artois, something different. And he's judging you now. <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute. He goes, he goes, that's our redneck beer here. You want to know what we call that? <laughs> I won't say it on the podcast, but um, but you know, he was making fun of me. He's like, same same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so so it is funny how those tastes change. But but I also think that. I agree with you that I think a lot of people, I don't know, I'm, I'm just speaking for myself here, but, but I, I noticed in a lot of conversations and things that, things that I read, people that did start homebrewing, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, I think kind of have made almost a, almost a full circle and sort of their beer drinking mm-hmm. and, and beer making kind of thing, right? Like you start out and like a lot of people start drinking macro lagers in the United States, right? Uh, and then you want to make something completely different from that. Yeah. Right. Because you're tired of that. And then you go out, you know, people, that's why people are going into those IPAs that were so bitter and Mm -hmm. hoppy. And then, you know, you get, you get into these other things and then you kind of, after a while of doing that, you kind of come back around you're like, you know what? Lagers really aren't that bad. Now, not to say that we're going to make a, you know, a Miller Lite or something like that, but you can make a really flavorful lager and it's easier to do now because we like, there's, there's different yeast that you can use that Mm -hmm. give you something close. Right. Or, People, you know, are invested more money in the hobby, mm-hmm. you know, buying glycol chillers and stuff like that to make, I don't have one of those, but you know, you, yeah. could, you could do it, I think more, more easily. People aren't afraid of it. So I think that's kind of like done that 360 and, it, and, um, you know, it, to kind of change, tastes have changed, but they've changed kind of maybe almost back to where they started a little bit. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I, I'll admit, I, I went off lagers for a while because for years, that's all I drank was lagers um being the dutiful essex boy that i was um and then coming here to, to denver colorado and i moved here 14 years ago so right as the whole craft beer explosion was happening so all of these wonderful ipas um but what got me back into lagers um is a brewery here called upslope brewing um and it was great talking to the bartender um in the actual brewery because my wife loves their lager and she was saying, I can't believe it was the year Budweiser, I think, won gold for lager at the GABF. And she's like, I can't believe they won gold and you didn't. And they were like, because our lager isn't to style. It's still a lager, but right. we do enough to it that it's no longer to that BJCP style. But that's why you like it, because the American version of lager is not, I think, you know, because it rose into Budweiser cause and all those very dare I say, plain, easy drinking lagers. And that's what that category has become. Whereas if you break out of that box and you go to Germany and, and all those countries, their lagers are something special. Oh, yeah, totally different. Yeah, Pilsner, Cal, and, and all yeah. that. And, you know, a lot of craft breweries are... So there's a there's a blog here uh, in Pennsylvania called Breweries in PA. They do, it, they do the Pennsylvania beer scene. Uh, and they've dubbed this year the year of the lager because yep. of all the lagers that, right, that um, brewers are coming out with. And, and Iron Hill... Another local brewery down here. They just won gold at GABF for their for their uh, their lager. So, you know, I think it's coming back around. But you're right; it's not the American macro lager. Which, again, to be honest with you, I don't I don't dislike there, them. There's I still a time like and Miller a place. Lake. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're going to a Phillies game or Eagles game. You know, football Sunday. Like you're, you're in a dive you know, bar and it's costing you two fifty. Yeah, right. There's like, no shame it, in it. 
Right, exactly. And and you know, and they are really hard to make in fairness, like oh, to do them well. Yeah, I mean one one minor off flavor and the whole beer is ruined. Whereas right. you know, the IPAs, you can mask a lot of stuff in that. Right. I agree. But um so anyway, yeah, no, I, I do think it's cool that, that you know, a different version of what lager is is starting to come back and um but the not not to get too soapboxy, but the other thing about 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 breweries sometimes that gets lost though is I think that like they also get into to and, and I think homebrewers too sometimes get into that like oh this is what's popular now and, and I'm I'm going to brew this thing and mm-hmm. you know you go into, you go into a lot of breweries now and there's not to knock on New England IPA again but seven New England IPAs yeah on all those taps or you know they've got five loggers but they're all pretty much the same yeah. And I get it. They got to move beer. They, you know, they, they got to sell it where we just make it and you know, give it to our buddies. So absolutely. And the thing I always say is what I love about it is you can make whatever you want. And I've moved away because when everyone starts brewing, like you're trying to clone your favorite beer, right. often in a foolhardy attempt to save money, it doesn't happen. No, no. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> I moved away very quickly from trying to clone beers because they never tasted the same, which not good nor bad. But if I really want that beer, I can just go to the store and buy that beer. Right. Like I want to make something that no one else in the world is going to be making. Right. No, I agree. And, and that is what makes the hobby fun. You can do crazy things like, you know, send these to space and make beer with it. You know, we, <laughs> um, my, my same, same buddy that's a geologist, um, wanted to make a stein beer he's like i got all these cool rocks i got this Ooh. like a great granite on my property like like we, we got to do something with that he's like I've, I've read about like you know in history people used to boil rocks is that a thing i'm like yeah it was so he's like well let's let's can we make a beer with that i'm like yeah sure let's let's do it so we you know we made a stein beer we made a stout um with uh with with hot rocks and it turned out awesome it was really cool but um so you know you- and stuff like can you explain that process a little bit? Because I mean, I've seen it done, but yeah, I would just love to hear how you guys did it. It was um, a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but it was fun. It, mm-hmm. it was fun. There, there were sort of there were three of us that that did the work, and then a bunch of guys that stood around and just watched us do work. Um, but so we started with a started with a fire, and and Dan again, he's a geologist, so he he used anthracite coal. Um, okay the fire so wooden coal so it got super hot which i think is a, is a key part of it because you got to get the rocks pretty hot uh and then get them glowing yeah uh almost almost yeah. now dan would be mad at me for not knowing the exact type of granite that we used because <laughs> it was a special kind that's on his farm yeah um but it was it was a sort of granite that, that we used and we had um three rocks and we did a rotation so we'd heat it up heat up a rock um put that in the back and put it in the um the pot we had a basket in there so we could we could pull the rock out um pretty easily and then uh, we just rotated the rock so we, we put it in and the first one the wort boiled a little bit you know kind of kind of simmered and i'm like okay i guess this will work you know like we got a little simmer going on this will be okay like we're right man we put after we took that out we put that second one in it just went crazy really like, like, like you had a full flame underneath it and it boiled and the whole time it boiled and it boiled really well. Yeah. And when we were done with the whole process, the, the rocks had, um, had a, had like a, a crystallized kind of film on mm-hmm. the outside of them. Like they were crystallized sugars on them, um, which is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, no, it worked really well. And, you know, we just did, uh, I, I cheated and I heated up the mash water with, with a, with a, um, 
with a propane burner. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure, I, I, I didn't know how well the, the you know, the heating of the rocks. Yeah, you want to keep like to your sure. temperature for that at the right temperature. Right. Like I wanted them, I wanted at least to have a chance to make beer, right? So, so we did that. We used the propane burner to get the water up to temperature and then hold the mash temperature and all that. But we boiled the work with, with the rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, and then we um, we actually split it up. We split it into three different batches, and we, we used some different yeasts, and we dry hopped one and put coconut in another, whatever. But but they uh, they ended up turning out pretty well. It was pretty neat. That's amazing. You you are the first person who I've heard like totally making their life amazingly difficult for themselves. Yeah, no, because it was it was completely stu- because you know for an hour. Uh, over an hour, we're we're standing over a hot fire. We did this in July. Which, oh God! You know, July in Pennsylvania can be can be humid, not as bad as the South, but yeah. we have our days. And that day was a humid day, and so we're standing over a fire. We're kept, we're lugging these rocks, we're rotating it all, and we're like, at one point, and then you know, we're standing there and like, why, why are we doing this? We're like, because this is fun. This is fun, <laughs> right? Right? This is what brewing is. This is fun, and it was. It was really cool. It, yeah. it, and it's it was a good story, you know. Yeah. Um, to to tell, and and again, the beer came out came out cool but uh, but yeah no brewery can't brewery can't do that right no, can't do a no not on a commercial level anyway no. <laughs> right so yeah and that's what makes the, the hobby fun right? is doing do, for me anyway doing things like that yeah that you know you you couldn't do it in a commercial scale with yeast in space rocks boiling water I'm almost scared to ask, what beer are you adding to the ever-growing tap list of the homebrew t- of the homebrew pub? So I, I really had to think about this because you know I think I'm kind of almost thinking about like what's my what's my best beer, right? Like what's the best beer you've ever made? You want to put that on on this list, with especially given some of the other ones that are that, that are on the list already. And uh, I was like, you know, I made I made a, a killer Hellas. I loved it. Um, I made a really neat. Um, spruce tip beer uh, spruce tip pale ale which was fantastic with blue blue spruce tips um yeah i made some you know that that stout that was great but but i think what i'm going to settle on is is the english bitter because it's the one that i am that i've spent the most time on uh, that i'm the proudest of and again it's something that you don't find a lot anymore so so when people come over it's something that's that's, that's different you know yeah when they say can i try your beer like yeah let, let's try this this is something that a lot of people haven't had before so i'm gonna i'm gonna add a just a, a standard bitter nice. to the to, to the tap list and so with, with the standard bitter and obviously we'll be putting the recipe in the show notes so everyone can brew a drink along with us but what makes it a standard bitter so uh lower lower alcohol lower gravity it's about 10 40 to start yeah. Um, and then finishes somewhere I don't know, around 10, 10, maybe something like that. So some anywhere between like three and a half and 4%, something like that. Um, kind of, kind of goldenish color, goldenish, like ambery, um, the way that I make it with, uh, using invert sugar. So the invert sugar is where a lot of the color comes from. Um, and, uh, I, I, I put corn in it. When you see the recipe, there is flake maize, there's flake corn. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it adds like a sweetness to it. It's pretty good. Uh, and then, uh, and then the yeast. I think the yeast is is a big is um, a big contributor to flavor in those beers. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the English that that really distinct English flavor yeah. that comes along with it. Um, so that yeah. So it's low alcohol, easy to drink. I like serving mine um, through a nitro uh, tap, but without nitrogen. There oh. it is. Right? Yeah. So I. I, for a long time, I was like, I want a, I want a cask pour, but I, I don't want to invest, you know, 
$500 in a, a hand pump. Yeah. And I didn't want to make, I've you've seen, I've seen these things online about, you know, using like an RV pump, mm-hmm. you know, like a water pump or something like that. And I was like, I don't really want that on my bar. So I'm like, how could I, how can I kind of simulate this without, without actually using nitrous? And I didn't want to put it on nitro either. I didn't want to like nitro like Guinness, you know what I mean? I yeah. don't want, I wouldn't want that. So I'm like, how can I simulate that sort of hand pump pour without actually having one? And, um, I just kind of messed around a little bit and figured out that like if I carbonate it really, really low, like, I mean, I obviously can't, can't guess the volume, but somewhere like around one volume or a little yeah. bit under one volume uh, and push it through the nitro faucet at a really low um, PSI, it, it does almost the exact same thing as a hand pump <laughs> and it doesn't create a crazy head that you can't, you can't handle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the carbonation has to be really low. Um, and you know, you have to have a really balanced, you know, good draft system, but it comes out really, really well. So, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So that, that, so I'd like, I'd, I'd add that. And it's, uh, the name of the beer is Mad Anthony, Mad Anthony Ale. <laughs> Why Mad Anthony? So, um, I'm a, I'm a history teacher as well as a geography teacher. And I taught the American revolution for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's a general, one of the generals, not, not very well known, but he should be um, named Anthony Wayne. And uh, he's, he's from our area. I actually live on Anthony Wayne drive. There's another Anthony Wayne drive in the town Wayne, not far away. Um, and he was, uh, he was a key piece in the, in the victory over the British. And uh, he got his nickname for um, being a little risky and at times sometimes vicious depending on who you, what, what you read uh on the battlefield well, so whether they, you're british or not i suppose yeah, right. <laughs> uh so yeah so he got the nickname mad anthony um the mad anthony wayne so i thought you know what i'm, I'm brewing a I'm brewing a, an english bitter i could name it after an english guy but i'm american so, and I live on Anthony Wayne, revolutionary time. You know, yeah. I taught about that for a long time. So I'm like, I'm going to go with Matt Anthony. I, I love that. Yeah. I, I make a, I make an Earl Grey American wheat. And it's probably my signature beer that I make. And um, we were trying to come up with a name. And I forget if it was me or my wife, but somehow Benedict Arnold Palmer came up. Because oh, there's awesome. lemon in it, and we're like, "Well, it's kind of like an Arnold Palmer," and I'm like, "Benedict Arnold Palmer." So... Awesome. <laughs> but that sounds that sounds absolutely delicious, and I do serve my um, English beers on nitro, um, but I'm gonna have to try that method um, because you're right. Like the nitro does turn it more into a Guinness than that actual um, British pour, because. And I've probably mentioned this in a previous episode, the thing that I always make the mistake of going to a brewery, seeing like their British bitter or their British mild, and it's always overcarbonated. Mm-hmm. And it just ruins that beer for me. Like, I, I'd never order it again. So I'm going to have to try that method to uh, simulate that low carbonation without it being nitro. Yeah, it works pretty well. It's, it's worth a try for anybody looking for that sort of feel, you know, yeah. that flavor. And uh, again, I got to put the feeler out there that, or well, the disclaimer, British ales are not flat or warm. They're no, just they're not. not ice cold <laughs> and it's low carbonation. <laughs> That's true. You're right. So I am very, I'm going to actually brew that one, just so you know, because that sounds amazing. Um, what is the worst beer you ever made? Like the beer where you're like, I shouldn't have done that. 
This one is easy. It was a um, it was a rye common, so California common with rye, and this happened. My 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 friend Scott, who we who we brew together a lot, um, he, I guess I think his brother went to a homebrew store going out of business sale, and he got a ton of real cheap ingredients. And I think, you know, mold extract cans for like five bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. He just bought so much of it. And and he's like, I can't use all this. So he gave a bunch to Scott. So, so Scott's like, we got all this stuff. We got to brew something. Come on over. We'll, we'll figure it out. So we go through all the things and there were like six cans of rye liquid malt extract. Right. <laughs> and so, so we're, we're reading it. We're reading it. And it's not 100% rye. I think it's like when they make those are like 30% or something yeah. like that. And the rest is like pale and crystal, something like that. So like, what are we gonna do with this? And I'm like, well, I got some California common yeast. I got some, you know, Cal Ale and I got some Northern Brewer hops. I'm like, why don't we do like a rye common? Like, so I've made a lot of rye beers before, like rye pale ales and rye mm-hmm. stouts. And I'm like, you know, it, it adds a nice flavor to it. It's a fun grain. Yeah, it is. It's, it's um, so, so I'm like, all right, well, let's give it a try. So we, I don't know, I think we used like two or three cans and, you know, Northern Brewer hops and, and, uh, not Northern Brewer. Uh, is that what they're called? What are the ones they use in common? Is that what they're called? They is it Northern Brewer? I, I would have to look. I've never made a common. I forget. Maybe I'm just thinking of the homebrew store. But anyway, so whatever whatever <laughs> hops you use for the whatever hops you use for the um for, for Cal Common. And uh, you know, we use the Cal Common yeast and we, we were really excited. We we bottled it for some reason, which I don't bottle anything anymore. I, I but we bottled it and we're like let it let it age and we went over this big thing. People are around. We're going to try this. And it was awful. Really? Like it was, um, it tasted like, um, stale rye bread with mint jelly on it. It was gross. It was just absolutely foul. And I think that, I don't know if it was just like the, the liquid oil extract was old or the combination of rye and like the, the mint, the hops had like have a mintiness to them. Mm-hmm. A mintiness and woodiness that did not they did not jive well together. <laughs> and, that, and we had like you know we had like four cases of this and we're looking at each other and we're like well, yeah we got to dump this this is not even <laughs> so down the drain it went yeah. but yeah rye common now maybe if we had used like you know um, fresher ingredients or or maybe all grain I don't know maybe it would have been okay but. I would not. I, I didn't like the flavor combination. Yeah, rye is a rye is a difficult ingredient because it's if you underuse it, you can't taste it, and if you overuse it, it just ruins the batch. Yeah, and, and this was not. This wasn't the right flavor combination. So we're like, yeah, we we never made that one again. That was that was crossed that one off the list. <laughs> And it's funny because I was looking through my notebook before we got, you know, before we got talking about, you know, looking at back of my beers. And it's funny that on that for that batch, I wrote I was writing like, wow, this smells really good. I think this is going to be awesome. And then, like, we tried it and it was horrible. It was was terrible. So I was like, yeah, it was way off. Fair enough. Yeah. We've got to have those beers, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If If you don't mess something up, right, then... You know, I don't really. You, you kind. Of, I always feel like you're kind of messing up, missing out. Like you gotta mess something up along the way. Yeah. Right? Whether it's like an infected beer or like you just make a bad red. Like I think that's all part of the hobby. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, and you, you end up learning a lot from that too. I think when you make a mistake, but at some point you gotta mess something up. Yeah. Like, well, and it was 
those stories. I was on Reddit the other day, and a guy was like, I'm in a homebrew and funk. All of my beers have turned out bad. I'm thinking about giving up the hobby. And most people gave him the same advice of, go back to something simple you like. Mm-hmm. Like, clean everything and go back to something simple that you've got confidence in brewing, and it will bring you right back. Because yeah. it is really disheartening when you have, like, three or four of those batches in a row, like, just suck for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people, well, maybe not. I don't know. I went through that, right? Like, you, you, you kind of go through it and brew a couple bad, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I got to take a break or step away for a minute or do yeah. something different. It's almost like golf. I don't know if you play golf, but, like, I golf, and, and I'm not that great. But like you hit that one great shot, and it's just like, yep, this is why I do it, right? That, that's <laughs> going on the pros, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like that's 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 brewing beer. You know, sometimes you, sometimes you you know you can go through a stretch where you struggle, but yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's easy to come back to. It's a wonderful hobby. So as we sit here in the homebrew pub, that will mystically transform into your perfect brew pub. I have to ask, what is the name of your brew pub, and what's the vibe of it? So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the name Matt Anthony's after my after the beer. I love that name. My dad's <laughs> name is Anthony as well, yeah. um, and uh, and he's he's always been a beer drinker, so I like that. I think it fits both. And of course, Matt Anthony Ale will be the signature one of the signature beers on. Um, but I uh, I, I was kind of thinking about what it would be, and um, my brother uh, owns a horse farm not far from where we live and i i every time i go there i look at the i look at the barn and i look at the open field and i'm like man this would make an awesome pub an awesome bar an awesome like you know craft beer place so i would love to have something i if i could have the perfect um the perfect pub it would be a big big barn big open barn with a huge long bar you know and tables and stuff like that um with big big high loft you know you can fit a lot of people and almost kind of like a beer hallish in a way but you know like kind of in a, in a barn uh and then it, it would you know when the weather was nice in the, in the spring summer and fall here you can open it up and you could have an outdoor patio or you could have you know um uh, cornhole going on or games outside we could have bands you know um for, for entertainment you know you could have events there see the hop fields grow grow the hops for the pub they could be behind there right have mm-hmm. have that sort of like horticulture going on and um you know I, I think it would be a great place it kind of that that mix of like down down home chilling beer hall you know with your buddies and friends but then also have the opportunity to do do events there have you know some fun some fun things yeah happen um and a range of beers and i would i would put new england ipa on you know, <laughs> well you want to make I, a profit I, right exactly <laughs> you, got, you gotta sell them. i'm not gonna have i'm not gonna have eight of them on but uh but you know, I'd like to see. I'd, I'd I'd try to have a variety of beers on. You know, if we if we had, you know, twelve taps, I'd try to have twelve different beers on, to, so that people can try a variety of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that would be. I think that would be my ideal place. That sounds amazing. And I, I got to ask, with Matt Anthony's being on tap, would you have it on a beer engine, or would you be serving it the way you're serving it? Beer engine. Nice. I, I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna ha- if I'm gonna invest in a pub, right, it's gonna have the proper. <laughs> Probably. I, I'm gonna. I am gonna. I'm gonna have a cast breather on it though, which yep. camera says is okay now. Camera they, says they it's okay and a thin they, layer they of CO2 on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're gonna have a cast breather because we want to. We want to. Want to be alright. And I'm, I'd probably do some farmhouse sales too. You know, mm-hmm. like some legit farmhouse sales to, to you know, uh, fermented with the, 
it'd be spontaneous fermentation or something like that for fun since nice. it would be a farm so yeah very cool well everyone come down to mad anthony's come and get a proper proper british pint named after an american revolutionary war hero <laughs> <laughs> and yeah just come and pull up a stall and enjoy a pint with us cheers, cheers. huge thank you to nick for coming on and telling us how to grow yeast in space that is one of the craziest things i have ever heard uh mad anthony's sounds like such a great beer and i've never actually thought about serving british ale at that pressure so i'm gonna be brewing that in the next couple of weeks and i will let you all know how that turns out but again, huge thank you to Nick and Matt Anthony sounds like a great place to hang out. And of course, thank you so much for listening. If you could leave us a five-star review wherever it is you get your podcast, that'll just help other people find the show. If you want to reach out to us, possibly come on and share a pint with me. You can reach us at our website, thehomebrewpub.com, or email landlord at thehomebrewpub.com, or on social at the homebrew pub on instagram and twitter and if like me you hate those annoying ads well we've got to keep the lights on here at the homebrew pub somehow so consider joining our patreon and becoming a mug club member for three dollars a month you'll get access to ad free versions of the episodes but until then grab your favorite pint put your feet up relax don't worry and have a homebrew till next time cheers